Heads up. This episode, John, Lindsay, and Sandy rolled the dice on seasonal ice cream, house rules, and the Best Buy mascot as we pass go on Here's Why It's Great. folks and welcome to another episode of here's why it's great the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great i am your host john bring today i'm joined by two lovely ladies one former guest that i am very excited to have back uh but first let me introduce my wife moev <laughs> Lindsay calhoun bring hello and coming back from our hansen episode one of our most listened to episodes of all time mm-hmm, is yeah. one sandy mm-hmm, yeah. murray my wife. <laughs> Obviously, we are all doing this over Zoom. Uh, so, Sandy, how are you dealing with uh, the coronavirus and self-isolation? How are things going in your life? Oh, pretty great. I've never been happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you typically like to stay indoors. You don't like to get out. You don't like My to do things. My favorite thing to do is nothing. Because you're super lazy. Exactly. This is all facetious. Sandy is uh, <laughs> probably the busiest person I've ever known in my life. For context, Sandy has texted me in the past to say, what's your July looking like? And I now know to ask, over what year? Because <laughs> she sometimes has plans years out and wants to know if we're free that day. <laughs> uh, so what have you been doing to keep busy during this time? Oh, just working a uh, maximum number of hours um, mm-hmm. from my home. And that's pretty much it. That's yeah. all I have time to do. Sometimes I don't even have time to do laundry because I put the laundry in and then I get wrapped up in a call because everyone needs to do a freaking video call for everything all of the time when you would normally just be on the phone while you're going for a walk, say. And now all of a sudden everyone needs a video call? Why? I don't understand that either. And also I feel like a lot of corporations feel like now that you don't have a commute, that you yeah. could add that extra couple of hours to your workday, right. which is so shitty. Yeah, never been busier. And in addition to having to do your actual job, no joke, we've been making a video, and by we I mean I have, every, <laughs> <laughs> every single day. What? Wait, so you work for a housing company, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're in marketing. Uh-huh. So what kind of videos? Are these videos for tenants on no, rental properties? No, for employees. Uh, we post them all to our YouTube channel. And it's more Can I ask like, how many views you tend to get on these videos on YouTube? The most I've seen is maybe like 100. It's more listeners than on it. Here's why it's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let me explain to you, though. So 100 views is not that great, considering we have 400 employees. got it but it's eating a lot of my time (laughs) i've had the pleasure john and i I guess both had the pleasure of watching one video that you made (laughs) which was a video you were asked to make for your job about working from home and uh one you introduced your coworker, lemon your beagle dog but my favorite part of the video was you were asked to say what you miss the most about being in the office it was actually do whatever you want like you just need to make a video but what what did she say that she missed the most uh would you say Lindsay? <laughs> the thing that you missed the most about working at your office was taking walks away from the office to get boba <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, you didn't send this to your coworkers, did you? <laughs> I not only 
actually sent it to him. I uploaded it to our YouTube channel and blasted it out through all of the appropriate channels internally. <laughs> How many <laughs> views does that particular video have? You know, I should I should check in. You on should that. check it out. You might be a viral sensation by now. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I've watched it a lot. Uh, Seventy one views. Well, I know that you're like overworked and we're all stuck in our homes, but it's not all bad. Uh, on the last episode, I mentioned that I've been doing a lot of puzzles. I think I mentioned that, Sandy, you actually sent a multitude of puzzles, all personalized, to my door. I don't door. know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got three weird uh, unmarked <laughs> packages in the mail, and I was like, what is this? And I pour it out, and, and it sounded like a puzzle. And I poured it out. And, and it looked like a puzzle. And it's just puzzle <laughs> it pieces. It like a puzzle. <laughs> it uh, felt sent- like a puzzle in your butthole. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You got to do the butthole test if you're going <laughs> to figure out what something is. That's where the end pieces go. <laughs> hey That'll scrape uh, it up good. <laughs> so I've been doing puzzles. Uh, what have you been doing, Lindsay? Well, I have not been working, which normally would be <laughs> the dream, I think, right? To sort of be forced to stay in and have some time off. But because the choice is taken away, it's been a nightmare. But very luckily, I think right around the time our quarantine uh, began, I don't even know what day we're on. We're probably going into seven plus weeks at this point of eh, who knows at of, this um, point. not uh, leaving the home or seeing anybody else. But uh, this little game dropped on the Nintendo Switch, and it's called Animal Crossing. And I've been absolutely obsessed with it. And it's sort of like a, I guess, high-tech Sims. Basically, you have an island. You pick a character. There are a bunch of animals that live at your island. And you just spend your days doing things like fishing and decorating your house. And one of my favorite parts of the game is that you can befriend people, uh, obviously your own friends, like we're friends with Sandy on Animal Crossing, friends with my friend Johnny, and uh, and you can send each other presents in the mail. So because we're dicks, uh, we've been doing a lot of like sending each other a gift and we get really excited and we open it and it's like a tree branch. Or like a literal piece of trash. (laughs) And so we've been one-upping each other, which has brought me joy. But then I I think off of the puzzle, you know, we thought like, oh, wait, we have a real system where we could like send each other things in the mail. (laughs) The the Uh, mail? You mean the United States Postal Service? Oh, I hadn't heard of it. (laughs) Uh, But we we were so thankful for all the puzzles that you sent and uh, the Animal Crossing mail that we, uh, we sent you a little something, Sandy. Did you get it? Yeah, it looked like a lunch bag at first, but then I realized it was on fire, and then I tried to put it out, but it turned out it was it was just poop. Yeah, we sent you a flaming shit. Yeah. <laughs> Additionally, we sent something a little sweeter if you get my drift. On the contrary, you know, I assumed it was because of their Game of Thrones love. They not only sent me poop on fire, but they sent me something on ice. I, <laughs> I went to the door because there was a package delivered and I, you know, leave it out there for 24 hours and then spray it down with some stuff and then don't bring the <laughs> box in because it could have Corona. But I got an aggressive number of texts forcing me to go outside <laughs> to pick up the box. <laughs> I had gotten a notification that this thing had been delivered and was sitting on your door for like over an hour. <laughs> and so I texted you 
to say, hey, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but have you received anything at your door? And you said, oh, yeah, someone rang it like an hour ago. <laughs> but I was like, who doesn't go and check their mail for an hour? And I knew that this was something perishable. So we both sort of started flooding your inbox and Tim's. Yeah, I, and you wouldn't you wouldn't respond. So then I was like, I'm gonna have to bring Tim into this. And I was like, Dude, could you just go check the door? Like I didn't even say, Could you tell Sandy too? I was like, Could you just do it yourself? Because she's clearly not going to. I'd like to point out, bring you full circle to what we discussed at the top of this podcast, which is, I'm at work all day. I'm on video calls, so I can't just leave. So anyway, we obviously ran to the door in a panic because we weren't sure what it was. Tim had a baseball bat. I had a knife. We were like, what's <laughs> on the porch that we've got to get to right now? <laughs> and then I opened the door, and there was a box. And it, like the puzzle, was not labeled. It didn't have anything on it. No indication of what's what. And I walked over to that thing, and you know what? Cold as ice. <laughs> <laughs> and that cold as ice box, I said, <laughs> really? <laughs> and <laughs> I knew what it was. <laughs> and I was so wet. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened that thing up. And you know what, guys? It was a pint of salt and straw ice cream and not just any pint but the pots of gold salt and straw Ugh. ice cream that they only make once a year for march for saint patrick's day because it's lucky charms ice cream blended up into this so smooth cream <laughs> that just hits the tongue and gives the erection you've always wanted <laughs> and then mixed with that smooth cream <laughs> Is all of the marshmallows intact? Uh, you can see that it's the pot of gold. You can see it's a shooting star, a rainbow, all the colors of it. Uh, then I noticed there's not one pint of ice cream in here. <laughs> there's two pints of ice cream in here. And what's better than a Tito's taco? Two. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I said, great, this is amazing. Because what's the one regret I had in March when the very beginning of the month we went to Disneyland right before everything shut down, even before like the world really freaked out and we ate so much food. <laughs> and we were we, so full. <laughs> we had we didn't even want to have a dual whip, but we did because we were like, when will we ever be at Disneyland together again? My pass expires tomorrow. And we got the dual whip. In the cold, after we rode Splash Mountain, and we're still at like ten thirty at night, and we're miserable, <laughs> but we ate it. We forced it down those throats because we're pros. And you know what? Afterwards, I thought if I could only somehow get this pots of gold ice cream, which they sell at the Salt and Straw in downtown Disney year round. But again, when will I be there? How can I get this home <laughs> without melting? And then <laughs> we were so tired and so cold and very exhausted from our 18 and a half hour day at Disneyland that we didn't get it. And I regretted it every day. Well, and then we the thought world shut down. The world shut down. We thought like, oh, we'll just go like we have gone the past few years every year to a salt and straw in the month of March to get a scoop of pots of gold ice cream, as is tradition. We thought, well, we'll just hit a salt and straw in March because March is March exists. Exactly. But then March was canceled. March was canceled. 
pretty much immediately after we went to Disneyland. Like the following week, March yeah. was canceled. And because we thought about, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't have a pass. We'll still go to downtown Disney. We'll get some pizza. We'll get the ice cream. No, all of that was canceled and closed. And uh, I think they just lit it on fire or something and then yeah. let it yeah. burn to dust. So as you could imagine, I was very excited to see the pints of ice cream. there. But then as I started moving the dry ice, which it clearly said, don't touch this. And I was like, whoops. <laughs> but you're very excited to get this ice cream, clearly. You lost your senses. <laughs> yeah, I lost my senses. I couldn't feel anything. So I moved it a little, and it was smoking. Smoking like Jim Carrey in the mask. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it was smoking. That was coming out. And then I saw the third pint of pots of gold ice cream and i said holy shit i can't have another orgasm this is crazy. <laughs> so then i said man this dry ice is sure doing a number like a witch's potion out of hocus pocus <laughs> and so i moved it and it burned me some more <laughs> i don't know if the smoke was from the ice or my flesh on fire but then i found Buried under the other pots of gold, another pots of gold. <laughs> so what are we at now? Four, John. Four. Holy shit! <laughs> but that was definitely the end of it, right? That's what I thought. But then I said, "Well, touching the dry ice again isn't going to be so bad. <laughs> I can already see the bones in my fingers. What's going to be worse?" So. I moved all the dry ice. And guess what, John? There was a fifth pint underneath those. A fifth oh, wait. motherfucking a pint? Fifth. Of, of the same flavor? Of the same flavor? <laughs> what maniacs? What maniacs? Yeah. Uh, maniacs. Well, we... But if Tim's listening, there were three pints. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, did Tim shove one up his butt to make sure it was ice cream? Like the end pieces? <laughs> no, um, I did it for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite moments, uh, the last time we Zoomed with you, we were talking, and then I, you heard just like a very light rustling in the background, and all of a sudden you cut yourself off from us and just went, Tim! Are you in the ice cream? <laughs> and I thought, we did send you five pints. It's probably you should be okay. It's probably okay if Tim has like a no. scoop. Nope. <laughs> so five pints of ice cream, obviously, what a gift. You have now given me four puzzles, many days of entertainment. Uh, Sandy has a reputation as being a great gift giver, one of the best gift givers ever. And that's just a little tease for what's coming later, because believe it or not, folks, we're not just here to talk about pots of gold ice cream or what we're up to in quarantine. We're here to talk about a subject very near and dear to Lindsay and Sandy's hearts. We're talking about a game that any old Joe on the street has played and definitely has an opinion on. We are talking about... A game that is coming up on a hundred years of existence. We are talking about Monopoly. Everybody knows Monopoly. I mean, it's like pr the, probably the most ubiquitous board game of all time. It's definitely got to be the most successful board game of all time. It's been translated into countless different offshoots, uh, iterations of the game. Like I said, it was made in 1903 as the Landlord's Game. It was actually created to highlight to children the the disparity of the wealthy and the poor and to make them get a sense of right and wrong. And now I feel Somebody like that has... Should. 
that's completely been turned <laughs> on its head. Obviously, everyone knows how Monopoly works generally. What does Monopoly mean to you guys? Get rich or die trying. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that sums it up in a nutshell. Uh, for me, um, Monopoly is the only way I could buy a house, like, at least in Los Angeles. Am I right? Hey oh. Hey Um And the fun of Monopoly to me is. I've learned something about myself, which I think has been very well highlighted in Animal Crossing, which is I am not a real hoarder in real life. I get rid of things. I let things go. But I am a game hoarder. I like to like hoard cash in games. In a game <laughs> like Monopoly, I can literally hoard property. I can own my own home. I can own my own business. I can franchise. I can have hotels. You can uh, be a dog. You can be a race car. You can be a thimble. Oh, what can't you do? <laughs> uh, you can go to jail. You can get out of jail. It's it, There's something about it that's, I don't know. It, it's like taking aspects of real life, the goal of life. And I feel like the American dream ultimately is owning property. Yeah. That's just what it is. And it gives you this chance to make chance, a lot chance, of money. Chance. Chance. It gives you a chance. Chance. <laughs> it gives you a chance to... Ew. Make money to own property, to sell property, to make deals. You make your way around this board. Uh, you collect monopolies. You start building a property, and then you charge everyone who lives in your town out the ass until someone goes bankrupt and you win. And if that's not America, I don't know what else yeah, is. I was about to say it's, uh, it's the true American dream, which is crush your enemies by being way richer and than everybody else. It's reckless. USA, USA. And this is the only time I've ever felt patriotic. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, obviously you roll the dice, you go around the board, you collect $200 every time you pass go. You try to collect the same colored uh, properties. You build houses. Eventually, you build hotels. And then, yeah, basically, the rules are supposed to be... Well, there actually are different versions, which we can get into. But uh, the rules are once somebody goes bankrupt, the game could be over. Or until it could be a last man standing situation uh, where everybody goes bankrupt. That's usually the version that Lindsay likes to play because she likes to destroy everybody. Yeah, I want to crush <laughs> everyone on the board. There's also the version where because the game lasts a long time, which is what I think a lot of people hate about it, but I love about it, is after like four hours in, some lame-o is going to say, I can't do this anymore. And at that point, when we've broken them down, we can start counting everybody's cash and property to see who has the most. And that's where I get into my hoarder mentality, where I like to like hide shit from people. I like to hide money. I like to hide my cards so that nobody really knows what they're messing with. I thought yeah. you weren't going to call John Lamo anymore. <laughs> we talked about we 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 didn't. He didn't say I couldn't do it on the podcast. Things go out the window very quickly here. Um, but yeah, what you were saying is people often complain about it, and obviously we're here to say why it's great. But you're thinking like this is such a successful game. Uh, they've probably made billions of dollars. I know billions of people have played this game. Why are we having to explain why it's great? Like Sandy, besides Lindsay and I. Does anybody you know, if you were to say, hey, do you want to play Monopoly? Do you literally know anybody besides us that would say yes? Not currently. <laughs> Not after playing with you. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Is like everybody knows this game. Everybody probably owns a copy of this game. Nobody ever wants to play it because, as Lindsay brought up, 
it's long as hell. It's tedious. It's it is it does get to be a grind after a while. Also, I think a lot of people are mad because the rules are so malleable. Like most games, it's like here's a strict structure. Here's definitely what the rules are. Like Sandy, for instance, um, free parking is always such a a grab bag of rules. What is That's your version tourist, of free baby? <laughs> yeah. What, what is your <laughs> version of free parking? parking? I you know when I was growing up, it was just a place you landed and you didn't have to pay anything, you didn't have to buy anything, and that was it. But then as I got older, I was like, oh, it's supposed to. You're supposed to collect money in the middle. What money's in the middle? We always used to just give it to the bank. Oh. Exactly. Well, that, those are the rules. Free parking is just supposed to be like a respite. Oh really? Uh, and yeah, and all of your like taxes and all of the things that you pay to the bank when you get like chance cards or community chests mm-hmm. are supposed to just go to the, back to the bank. Oh, uh, the so way we were playing the right way. Yeah, yes. you were playing it by <laughs> the official rules. But that's what I'm saying is like you grew up playing it one way. I grew up playing where anytime somebody had to pay the bank, it always went into a pot in the middle. And if you landed on free parking, uh, you got it. And that is honestly a game changer. That should be the official rule, in my opinion. That We definitely play that way. And so that free parking is like the only space you want to land on, especially if it's been a particularly rough round for your um, co-players where you've just watched them like pay 10% of their taxes over and over and over and you just watch that pile rise and then you're just like waiting to land on that free parking, baby. I actually convinced myself that that was the rule. Because that's the way that I've played it for so long. I didn't. What sense does it make? To, I mean, I know technically it's like pay ten percent of taxes, but you know, I want that money. <laughs> yeah, I mean. and that's why when I pay taxes to the government, I actually pull out cash from my bank account and put a pile on my kitchen table. <laughs> and at the end of the year, when things are rough and I get a free parking space at like a Vons. I put it back in my bank account. Living that Monopoly life. Hell yeah. I personally have not played many games of Monopoly that didn't end in some sort of fight or argument. How about you guys? With Lindsay, probably (laughs) it has not ended in a a fight or argument. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Because we're we're both equally happy to have ruined everyone else's night. (laughs) (laughs) We're tag team bitches. (laughs) I can think of many times where I've made people mad, but specific to Monopoly, I can think of one time in particular, John, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, we had a group of friends that we went to Big Bear with over Thanksgiving, and we got a cabin, which was nice, and, you know, uh, with that comes uh, comes games. And so, of course, it was upon my insistence that we played Monopoly. Nobody else wanted to play. <laughs> and like you were saying, everybody has their own rules, And my rule is not that there are no rules because I'm a stickler for some things, but my rule is that you can have a bartering system, (laughs) which, you know, shows favor to certain players. So let's say maybe there's one player, a friend who I want to help out, who's about to go bankrupt, who lands on my part place, who owes me $500. And I say, you know what, for you, Dave, I'm going to make a deal. You get to land on this. 11 times without paying me a red cent. Just to keep the game going for as long as possible. Just to keep the game going. Meanwhile, John lands on it. He <laughs> he owes me $10,000. There is no deal to be made. In fact, John owes me $10,000. And all of his blue properties. That's just like how it works yeah. for uh, me. <laughs> yeah, you have a crusade against me in this game, which is why I tend yeah, to not want to play it. 
<laughs> yeah, at all games. We work out all of our marital aggressions in board games. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Um, but <laughs> I uh, I don't know at what point I crossed you, and you, you know how to hold a grudge. The day we met. But I think it was a game playing with you, Sandy, and with a, with a bunch of our friends where I was like, I'm not making this deal, and you have never forgiven me for that. And now, yeah. if, like, say I have two oranges and you have an orange – you will not sell that to me. Even no. if I have Boardwalk and Park Place and offer you both with hotels, you will not make the deal. I would rather not have something that would improve my life <laughs> if it means it will also improve yours in terms of Monopoly. Yeah. I think the time, the instance where <laughs> with all of our friends, we get into real bartering. What happens is I will chime in on other people making deals. And I will and, and Lindsay was about mm-hmm. to really just swindle somebody and I said like Ooh. for instance, Tim, that's not a good deal. You should not make that. Lindsay got mad at me. We went back and forth this whole game being mad at each other <laughs> about it and not making each other's deals. So then the next time I had something that she wanted, I was like, I'll trade this with you, but I also want an apology. And that was the <laughs> that was the line. Like that was absolutely not. I was I- like, I will give you this. But you need to give me $500 and a sincere apology. If I haven't apologized to you in 15 years for things I should (laughs) in life, what makes you think I'm going to apologize to you in Monopoly? This motherfucker, here's a rule. Here's a real printed rule. When you are bartering with somebody, it is between you and that person. I don't need the peanut gallery chiming in, talking about I'm swindling someone. First of all, I think I was making a deal with my best friend. I would never swindle him. It was a bad deal, but it was my bad deal to make. And it was unfair of John to chime in. And those are just the real rules. Well, but this all illustrates my point that like, Real fights break out from this. Sandy, don't you have an uncle or something that, or uh, your cousin that cannot play a game of Monopoly without getting furious and right, and stepping my, away from the table? Yeah, <laughs> my uncle in Hawaii. Because I always <laughs> played with my grandma growing up, and then she moved back to Hawaii, and then I played with my great grandma because she lived next door. Both of whom I think wanted to play, and I would probably not. I would just take them for all they've got and have a list of all their debt. As we just keep playing, you know, because we both wanted to continue playing for another eight and a half hours. And so they would yeah. go into like massive debt and it'd be like $80,000 by the time we're, we're done that they owed me. Um, and I'd be sure to remind them every time I saw them. <laughs> but <laughs> when I would play in Hawaii, and I'm, I'm talking about as an adult, just a few years ago, <laughs> I'd play with my uncle and he would just get mad because he'd lose (laughs) (laughs) or he'd be losing you know continuously throughout throughout the game so he was just mad through the whole thing and once my friend and I were there and we were playing with him and he was just getting furious because he was losing and then he's yelling like I don't like playing with you 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 cheat and then (laughs) how can you cheat (laughs) I don't know and then he'd get mad because he'd land on our properties and owe us two thousand dollars because we have hotels on them and then he'd complain and he threw his stuff down and was like you guys are assholes (laughs) (laughs) he's like aloha motherfuckers it means hello and goodbye (laughs) and then um he was so mad I think it was the same time he was my cousin Ryan and I would play as well like with a grandma or the uncles or whatever and so uh my uncle was like oh we're probably gonna go home and tell ryan and you guys gonna laugh at me and you know what we sure fucking did 
I'm gonna laugh at you. I did come home and tell Ryan, and we did that. Hey, <laughs> listen he's to this, Ryan. He's calling us assholes. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is true of any game, just you know the competitive nature of people. But you know, everybody knows a sore loser. But I know someone who is a sore winner. Who's that? <laughs> that would be John Ryan Bring. Uh, you take losing fine like a champ. I'm a bit of a sore loser, right? I, I'm like, yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm okay, but You're I'm not terrible. But yeah. I'm not terrible. But like, oh, no, I look, especially with Monopoly. If I'm if I have like set aside the weekend to play this one game, like, oh, mama, mama came to win. Like, I want a house. When John is winning a game, he is in. Sufferable. Look, I grew up in a household where my two grandparents, <laughs> where my two grandparents and my aunts and uncles, we'd all sit around and play cards. Oh, and you knew your family. My grandpa bring, <laughs> and my grandma bring, and my dad and my uncle Larry would all sit down and just talk endless shit to each other. And I just absorbed that, and I loved it so much. And I've never cared about winning. I'm not a competitive person, naturally. Maybe I should be more competitive. But yeah, if I'm losing a game of Monopoly, I'm like, whatever. The sooner I can go do anything else. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, I just learned, and I absorbed all their shit talking, and I really loved that aspect of it, more so than the winning or the playing, even. I just love to, like, hear them rib each other and so whenever i'm winning i get this like big head i get a confident streak that i don't normally have in my life and i just make everybody else feel it i make everybody else i miserable rub your, i rub your noses in it because I, I i guess i realize like everybody else is hating that i'm winning or hating that they're losing yeah and what better <laughs> way to keep winning than to psych your opponents out and get in their heads use a little bit of mind games that's what I do. You know, I guess we're just lucky that that doesn't happen too often. No, I <laughs> I suck at most games, period. But luckily, I'm not like a I'm not whiny when I lose. I'm just like, no, no, whatever. Well, there is nothing better. No, you you're not like well, what other? You you just fall silent. There is nothing like watching John, who's been on a real fucking high from winning, and he's just been nonstop shit-talking when it's unnecessary because he's already achieved. And then all of a sudden, the tides change, and he starts to lose. Yeah, somebody will land on the aforementioned free parking and get thousands (laughs) of dollars, and I'm like, fuck. Instant, literal game-changer. And all of a sudden, I notice uh, John gets a little quieter. And John starts to shrink a little in his chair. Like and a then toddler John... going to the bathroom where it's he's not exactly supposed to. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, also, I'm peeing my pants whenever that's oh, happening. Right. John's potty training. So, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the best winner. But oh, this is, all, again, this is all illustrating the point that, like, Monopoly gets tensions high. It's like your emotions go through the roof, whether you're winning, losing, and you could say that's a bad thing. You could say it's also a great thing because we're here to talk about why it is great. Why is this game great? So Monopoly has been around, over, oh, like I said, almost 100 years. It was the original, original version was made in 1903. So like something, it's doing something right if it's lasting for that long. Is that so, when you first played it? That was because <laughs> as you like to remind people, I'm old as hell. He's old, baby. So yeah. Old. He, he actually there. lost the patent. Things could have been very different for us. <laughs> we could have real house. We could have real properties all over the world uh, if he hadn't sold it for $10 sigh. and a sack of apples. Uh, what a mistake I made, you know, selling to the Parker Brothers in 1913. 
but no, this game obviously is great because it's been around for forever. I feel like there's so much to talk about. It's going to be a little tough to get it all in, but let's let's try to start talking about it. Uh, first of all, the rules, as we've been discussing, mm-hmm. super malleable. But some people might find that a frustration, but obviously we all find it entertaining and make it more fun, right? I think we make it more fun. I've definitely played Monopoly uh, with people who are just, in general, sticklers for game rules. The type of people who have clearly played Monopoly before. I've never met a person who's never played it. Like like you were saying, I read that over a billion people worldwide have played the game Monopoly. It's There are pop culture references to Monopoly everywhere. Everybody generally knows how to play and what it is. So I get really frustrated when we open a game with someone and they want to read the rules. <laughs> and then they want to stick to the rules. Yeah, like, Sandy, have you ever known anybody? The official rule is if you land on a property and somebody can't afford to buy it or don't want it, then you auction it off. Have you ever played that way? No. Is that actually a rule or is that yeah. just an online version that we played on the Switch no. to never happen <laughs> yeah. again? Yeah, which we'll talk about later, <laughs> but yeah, the reason auction thing. Yeah, the reason there's an auction is because that's supposed to be the real rule. Again, much like the free parking thing, I never knew that. No. I and I think it's a dumb rule. Like you land on something and then that gives you the ability to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's the chance. Yeah. Chance chance chance, 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 chance. I will say, I guess that though, if you did every time someone landed on something and if they didn't buy it, that would speed the game up. Because I've played so many games yeah. where like nobody lands on Marvin Gardens literally the entire game. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> and it's like, well, if somebody could have at least landed on that, even if they didn't want it, it could have been, you know, cycling throughout. Um, Is that that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? That's Marvin's room. But oh. I bet he did also have a garden with Brie Larson. The sequel is Marvin's yeah, Garden. The, oh, one thing that I will say, uh, back to... Write just, that down. Rem- that John. I got a, I got a pitch for you, Hollywood. Um, it's time to bring Marvin's room back. I have a pitch for the sequel to a movie based on a play called Marvin's Room. 20 plus years later, it's Marvin's Garden. <laughs> and it's just Marvin, all grown up, tending to a garden. Wow, that sounds <laughs> riveting. I was going to bring up a, uh, a one of the most recent times that we played just talking about rules and being shitty to each other generally, which, again, this could be considered a hit on it that you can be so shitty to each other. But, again, I, I take it as, like, this is, makes the game more fun. But we were playing the uh, three of us, and I believe Lindsay's best friend, Johnny, were all playing, and everyone was like, geez, John, you are broke. You are doing rough, buddy. And I was Ugh. like, yeah, I'm just, oh, man, times are tough here. And we're going around the board. Yes, I'm still talking about Monopoly, <laughs> believe it or not. Although, you know, a lot of... Uh, uh, debatable. A lo- mirrors a lot of my real life. And uh, ultimately, like, somebody bumped the board, and a little sliver of orange came out from where I was sitting. And Sandy, orange. I think, was the one that noticed it. And she was like, hey, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what was I doing? What, do you recall what I was doing, Sandy? <laughs> Hoarding money, five hundred dollar letter bills. I had like a thick stack of five hundred dollar bills tucked underneath the board where you nobody did. could see. So at, to, again, mind games. I'm all about the. I'm a cerebral assassin, much like Triple H in the WWE. Um, or I, because you were the banker. Uh, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody also thought I was cheating. I haven't never cheated that way. 
I have. I've definitely stolen money from the I have, pot. <laughs> I have caught you stealing money. For, and that is when I said, I'll be the banker from now on. Thank you. It gives me such a high. I was, honestly, I don't know if you were, but uh, I was definitely one of those girls who like cliche, like to like pocket shit from stores. Like some bangles from Claire's or something like yeah, that? It, you know, it was bad. Except but it's bangles like, from CVS. I was just going to say see, a thousand percent. Did you do that too? A thousand percent is a CVS. And I would like walk around, check the cameras. You always like, this is terrible. You'd always like buy one thing, you know? So it's like, okay, I'm going to pocket a Lip Smackers and a bag of Cheez-Its. And then I'm going to buy a Coke. And then walk out like I just scored $10 billion and then run home because I think I'm going to get arrested. And that was dinner, y'all. What a high. So I feel that same high from Monopoly. It's like I'm sitting at this table. All of you are watching me. How did I get $10,000, you ask? Because I'm a motherfucking magician. Slash a thief. Um, I was not stealing from the bank. I was the banker in that game. But I was not stealing. I was simply being smart, saving my pennies. And every time I had five $100 bills, I'd switch it out for a 500, tuck it into my little savings account for the future. And I still lost that game somehow. (laughs) Once you guys discovered I was hiding money, you all turned against me and then (laughs) made it your mission to make me bankrupt, which was great. We're all just simmering, right? Like we're all just simmering waiting for you to mess up so we can boil over. Oh, you know, you were saying like that high you were talking about. Um, Of, of stealing. Um, <laughs> you know what is and another high that you reminded me of? Murder. N- nope, nope. How about, let's try something a little bit ch- different from murder. Let's try... Racketeering. <laughs> getting your first hotel on Monopoly. We're still talking about Monopoly, Sandy. Yeah. All right. Well, Lindsay, you were the one that was like, oh my God, you said like in conversation one day, like there's no greater high than getting your first hotel, to be the first one with a hotel on the board in Monopoly. That's true. Okay, I will speak to that because I feel like that's when the game truly begins. You may be six hours into it, but the game doesn't start until the first person gets their hotel and everybody gets that like, oh shit, look of dread on their faces because now you have something over everyone. And now you can make everyone fear you by fearing that one spot because you look at all your friends and you can see their piles of money unless they're John and you see oh Sandy has $220 oh Johnny has like $600 but if either one of them lands on my hotel they owe me a thousand so how's this gonna go but like I'll make a I'll make a deal with you I think there's something about Monopoly too like um, like so many board games, I feel the object is to get from one end of the board to the other and then you're done, right? You're just traveling across the board, your chutes and ladders, your candy Not land. stuck in a mouse trap. A, a mouse trap or even like a game like Trivial Pursuit, which I love. You're trying to get to the center of the board with your wedge pieces. Monopoly, there is no end. Like you can go, <laughs> you literally pe- collect money each time you go around the board. So the high comes from what is something that's real, which is... Having money, because you convince yourself that it's real money, (laughs) and buying property, and just owning everybody. Sandy, what about you? What's the part that just gets the juices flowing? What gets uh, you excited about this game? Maybe, maybe really, you know, when I, when I open the box. Hell yeah. Like those pints from Salt and Straw, where (laughs) instead of dry ice smoke coming through the seams, it's just the dust and asbestos. From sitting in the closet. Right. You know? <laughs> for, that for smell years. of nostalgia, playing with grandma. 
And it's Aww. been bundled under a bunch of old blankets that still smell like that closet did 70 years ago. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Wait, every time you play Monopoly, does it remind you of playing with your grandma? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's really that's sweet. That's lovely. It's, she's really the only person who would play with me. <laughs> Until you met us. My, uh, my parents never really like played games or you know, paid attention to me. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll you had parents? Story. They'll tell you, you know, they um, they bought me everything or whatever, which, A, they didn't. I'll tell you a quick story of a present they got me. I love right. laser tag. They, yeah. for Christmas or birthday or something, they bought me a laser tag set. And it, like, came with a vest, and it strapped onto your chest, and it came with a gun, and you'd shoot the other person. It was for two people. I don't have any siblings, and they weren't willing to play. So I would set up the other vest on the couch oh, in no. the living room, and then I'd run around behind the other couch and try to hit it. I never got hit, Uh-oh. which is great. But um, I mean, you always won. Yeah. Wait, that's such a good point. I'm an only child as well, like Sandy. T- technically, I have two half siblings because my <laughs> father spread his seed all over the uh, southeast. But I, uh, oh, yeah. d- unfortunately, I don't know them very well. I've met them, uh, but did not grow up in a house with other siblings. So if you were to like have a game and you had no one willing to play with you, as similarly, I was in that same position, Sandy. What the fuck are you supposed to do with a game meant for two to four players? You just stare at it. You play with yourself. You like have some weird split personality shit. It's It's like like maybe you play with a friend if maybe your parents let them over and don't complain that they are there for more than 10 minutes. Or if maybe you weren't embarrassed of your home and the people you were living with because maybe uh, they were alcoholics and it was a situation you should have been pulled out of years ago. (laughs) What the (laughs) we're fine you know just bringing up fun memories and that's monopoly baby (laughs) that is monopoly baby wish i could have bought a hotel then you know what i mean wish i could have stayed in one Mm, (laughs) wish i could have just jumped on one of those giant dogs and run off into the distance yeah (laughs) yeah. even if it were to jail (laughs) i would have gone to jail hot meal clean clothes roof over your head yeah (laughs) make some new friends get jacked i mean that sounds like a pretty good life to me at least someone's paying attention to you yeah, at least I'd have friends. I'd have a whole gang of them. <laughs> so besides uh, family trauma and prison dreams, uh, so there's a lot of uh, malleability to this game, obviously. We've discussed the rules could be all different depending on who you're playing with or at what point in your life you're playing. Uh, another thing that I think is really cool about this game is how many different versions there are. Yeah, There are just like countless different versions of this game. There's over like 1,100 uh, out so like there the that are like official. Anniversary, the 50th anniversary, the electronic the version. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there for all of those anniversaries. But no, I went online and like looked through a list of every version that they had recorded. And then it did have some that were not officially from Parker Brothers or Hasbro. Because actually, that was the, yeah. the thing that I thought was crazy. Until like the 90s when Hasbro bought Parker Brothers, there was only just the one version of the game. You know, that's interesting. I was just about to say something that I think is now uh, unfounded because I was going to say, do we think the reason why Monopoly has stayed so popular and why so many people have played it is because of all of the iterations? Because there is a version of Monopoly for Monopoly. every for Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to take a Monopoly. <laughs> I'm 
tired. I'm tired from doing nothing. Uh, and next, when I shower, I'm going to be so exhausted. I'm going to have to What's go straight to bed. Thank you so much, quarantine. There is a there's a version of Monopoly for every person. If like a version of Monopoly for every TV show, every movie, a, a version of Monopoly that mimics other board games. Like it's crazy. But you saying that it was the original through the nineties is interesting. So it's just the game itself. Yeah. As people. Yeah. Uh, they, they would have like prestige editions of it, but yeah, it wasn't until then that it exploded. And now like I try to like take a note of it every time I go to like a Barnes and Noble or, a, you know, the few fries electronics that are still left open and absorb what different versions there are. And I feel like, besides, like, having the standard game, like, I have never been to a store that had the same versions. Like, there are so many iterations of it. Like, everywhere has completely different versions, and each one will have, like, six different iterations of it, official and unofficial. Because every big town in the world, every big city has its own Monopoly. Yeah, every co- every university, just about. I feel oh, yeah. like lots of colleges have Monopoly every oh theme parks i know we have uh, a handful of versions obviously my my sneaky way of trying to convince john to play monopoly with me is for christmas i buy him a monopoly board of something i think he'd like (laughs) to try to convince him to play with me when really it's a gift for me uh, and John says, we can't play. There's just two of us. And that's when I tell him, yeah, two to four players. Nice <laughs> try, John. It's not three to four. But I have, uh, in the past for gifts, bought you, I think I bought you like a Disney Parks uh-huh. Monopoly. I bought you a Ghostbusters Monopoly, right. which has been one of my favorites to play. Um, the, you can be a firehouse. You can be Slimer. It's, yeah, you can be the Proton Pack or the Trap. It's great. It's pretty awesome. Did I buy you like Metallica Monopoly? That's when you know I'm really reaching. No. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a Metallica Monopoly that exists. I'm not actually sure if it's official, but it kind of sucks. I looked at it. Uh, obviously, <laughs> when you look at a board, you want to see what the different spaces are. And if if your if the heart is really in there and the creativity is really in there, you, you could really see it by like what's boardwalk. And for Metallica, you'd think like, oh, it's gonna be the song Master of Puppets, or like all the different properties should have been different songs, but they were just different street names from like L.A. and San Francisco. It was oh. very boring. Very few actual Metallica details in there. But Sandy, I know you got some versions. What kind of oh. versions do you have at your home? <laughs> well, speaking of not real versions and shitty versions um, <laughs> of a band you love, I do have a Hansonopoly. Hanson! Oh, a, a familiar face rears its ugly head again. <laughs> the band Hanson. So, so that was not an official version? No, it was one that they made and sold out of their shop um, to <gasps> their fans. How can they legally do that? I think maybe by now, like the oh. board and everything is like over hundred years it's, old. Yeah, I think it's public yeah. domain by now, so you can make a game as long as you don't call it Mono- if you don't have it's the name Monopoly. Like it, it's Hansonopoly. And right. I'm guessing there's some sort of loophole because I've seen a lot of Opolies. Like for instance, I purchased a Aloha Opoly. For Ooh. my grandma and my uncle, and Brian was like, "Guess what we're playing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good trick. And, and then pretty much from there on out, um, I mean, that was not that long ago, but we would only play that one. Like we wouldn't even play regular Monopoly if I was <laughs> in town. We just play the Aloha one. So it was like weird Hawaiian things in it. But yeah. the Hansonopoly one is. I've got some beef. I've got a problem with the series. There's certain things. It's like, why would you make this that? right like their first album and the name of their record label is three car garage why wouldn't that be affiliated with the free parking 
That's oh, a good question. That's a missed opportunity. But I think, uh, and that's the one thing that I feel like is standard on every single version. I think that the go, go directly to jail, the jail itself, and then free parking are always the same, no matter what the version is. Like, maybe the art changes a little bit, but I feel like those four spaces always stay the same. So, even though you have a great pitch for it, that may be why they didn't go that route. Speaking of great pitches. Marvin's Garden, also, <laughs> starring Leonardo Marvin's DiCaprio. Marvin's Three, Lost in New York. Um, <laughs> I've probably mentioned this before, but... Uh, one of the things that Hanson did when they were making Hansonopoly, um, which I think maybe that's where the problem was, right? They're too close. They're the ones making it. They don't love themselves the way we love them. Um, Jesus, and by Sandy. we, I mean you, me, and John. Um, you, sound, right. you sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't love themselves the way I love them. Of you sound course. like a fucking grade A bunny boiler. Listen, they had a contest where you could submit things for like their chains and community chests or whatever. And I submitted like a, you basically submit a blurb for a card. I submitted a card called Strong Enough to Break Out of Jail. And Strong Enough to Break is the name of their, uh, one of their songs and one of their albums, and also a documentary that was made about them that was at various film festivals. Way missed opportunity. Yeah, that's I, another I agree. One. That's a good damn pitch. That's good, Sandy. <laughs> that's they, damn well, good. They just don't love one themselves as I much as you do. Them. <laughs> <laughs> you got grab them by the collar and say, what? what I don't think that's do? a... Good idea, Sandy. <laughs> Never meet your heroes or else yeah, you might hurt them because you love them so much. I just squeeze them. So obviously, like, Hansonopoly, that's a good example of a uh, an unofficial version. And as Lindsay said, like, all the colleges and cities around the world. Obviously, the original, the OG. I, used, I grew up thinking it was all New York City stuff, but it's Atlantic City, yeah. New Jersey. Huh. Uh, I didn't realize that until probably adulthood. Uh, probably also when I went went to New York and was like, "Where's Mar? Where is Marvin Gardens here?" And, and it's right now outside of here. Marvin's room, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, there are other 20s. versions. Bibleopoly, which oh. is wait a second, <laughs> is the version of Jail Hell? I hope so. I don't actually. I did, couldn't find a picture of the board, but man, I would love to. And I guess Boardwalk would be heaven, right? has to be what do you get when you pass go is there money in heaven i'm pretty sure there's money still and it's all leading up to i think one of the versions of monopoly is if you build the first person to build a hotel wins is it a building a church it's building a church oh, once great. once you've Let built your church tell you what go is oh do you have it in what? front of you collect 10 offerings as you pass in the beginning Whoa. Oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> I'm impressed. I want to. So, Sandy, if you have it pulled up, I want to guess something that if they okay. don't do it this way, it is a missed opportunity. A la, you're strong enough to break out of jail. Are the taxes? Is it actually tithings? Ten percent of your income that have to go in the church pot. It just says abyss. Huh. Oh, and then just real quick. Oh, if no, you, that's a railroad. There's nothing in the tax, as far as I can see. If you land on the free parking and can get all of the church tithings, do you use them to, instead of buying property, do you buy, say, Rolexes or... Private jets. Corvettes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, official rules here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you buy TV no, stations. The, the chains we and community chests are abyss or faith and contingency. Okay, and those are not fun. Abyss. This is scary. It's like not done well because Abyss is all of the railroad locations. 
hmm. but it's also a card you pick. Okay, well... Somebody dumb made this one. There is a spot on the board that says, Feed the Hungry, and there's a basket of bread, and it says, Place five offerings in center of board. Oh, well, so they're playing by our rules. If they, if you have to just drop off one loaf of bread, then maybe it could be multiplied to feed everybody. I've you, read it. Do you want to guess? <laughs> do you want to guess I know jail the stories. Uh, what is jail? Meditation. Oh, that's dumb. Oh. It should be hell for sure. Well, have, I guess when you go to hell, you can't get out of hell, so it's not like you can go meditate. Go right. meditate. But that's why doesn't it? Why isn't even like go pray? Yeah. That seems dumb. Because they don't they want do. that to be a punishment. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, go meditate. Think about what you've done. All right, so you found Bibleopoly. Could you try to find Triple Xopoly? <laughs> Great. I don't want to Google that. Um, <laughs> do it on Tim's computer. Well, how about this one? How about Beagleopoly? <gasps> that should be something near and dear to your heart. Um, before I leave this image, I just want you to know that free parking is community celebration. Rejoice. Oh, okay. it's a revival. Great. They don't want to say it, but it's a revival. I wonder if you have like a tent that you can like kind of erect in the middle of the like a <laughs> revival night, tent. Uh, that would be great. We sound like such assholes. Because in the middle of the Disneyland version, <laughs> there's a wrong. giant pop-up castle that's incredible. That's but right. it's too big yeah. because A, where are we going to put our money? And two, we can barely see each other over the damn thing. But Fine by me. What a great board. Any any luck on Beagleopoly? Beagleopoly. Go to kennel. <laughs> oh, go to your See, kennel, Beagle. Now that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. And that's then great. Ke- over in the jail part, it's kennel, and then just visiting is out for a walk. Uh, for, well, for people who don't know, uh, Sandy has a beagle uh, named Lemon and loves all things beagle. So obviously, <laughs> forget that you ever saw this, Sandy, because it's coming your way <laughs> yeah. next February. Yeah. <laughs> In addition to all the like billions of iterations of like official boards, because like we've seen personally, like. Call of Duty, Rick and Morty, The Walking Dead, Golden Girls, Marvel, uh, like yeah, different Mar- comic book, Marvel, characters. Star Wars. Hold on, I actually have a list here. Of exactly what we've seen, just like in the last like few months before Corona hit, uh, Cheaters Edition, Fortnite, Avengers, Animaniacs, Scooby Doo, It, Riverdale, My Hero Academia, Bob's Burgers. So like that's just like a quick sampling of what we did. I think over the course of like a week or two, I saw all of these different versions. But in addition to all the official versions, there are also custom versions. And oh, what I was alluding to earlier is a great gift that Ms. Sandy Murray gave to one Mrs. Lindsay Calhoun bring. Take it away, Lindsay, and explain to us what Sandy gave you. My besides favorite. The uh, besides, besides Clamidia, not to be confused <laughs> with the Clamidia, because we had so much of that chowder. <laughs> <laughs> of all of the versions of a Monopoly slash Monopoly that we have played, my very favorite is one that was customized to me. And it's called Linsanity, and it is a Monopoly board that Sandy had custom made for my birthday. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Uh, Sandy, for as long as I've known Sandy, Sandy is, uh, well, Sandy has the gift of giving gifts. Uh, She's an extremely good gift giver, extremely good at at romantic, grand romantic gestures to me, which I think are, you know, equal part her love for me and also her disdain for John and wanting to make sure that she (laughs) outgifts him every year. I just pulled out the Linsanity board just to, uh, one, this obviously had to be so time-consuming, Sandy, or maybe it wasn't, but in addition to you customizing each uh, space slash property to land on, you also customized all of the uh, chance cards and the community chance, chess cards. Chance, chance. 
So chance is known as chance, 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 because when we play, we uh, pound our fists on the table and yell chance, chance, chance. chance. Oh, oh, that's also an offshoot of what I like to call speed monopoly, where we add an extra die to the mix that you're convinced does not help us go any faster. I think it elongates the game (laughs) to add more die. It just means that instead of potentially landing on space four, you land on space 60. Yeah, but you know what? Agree to disagree because you go around that board quickly and uh, and basically we just like sped up all of our decision making processes. And uh, anytime we took a card out, we chanted chance, chance, chance. And I think we knocked out that game with six people in like an hour. So Speed Monopoly, I recommend it. But anyway, this Linsanity board is insane. It's amazing. Every chance card is completely customized. And then as opposed to Community Chest, we have a section here that you land on, which is called Classic Tim. Tim is Sandy's boyfriend, who we love, but we have a long-standing <laughs> joke with him because, as you heard from the beginning of the podcast, Sandy's a very active lady. She's very busy. Her calendar is booked years in advance. Tim, <laughs> Tim throws Sandy the occasional bone, like goes out with her once a month. But I think on the whole, this I think he's hashtag thriving in quarantine. He does not like doing things or going places. Especially, like, we could not we could not beg the man or pay the man to do anything with us on a Sunday because he has work on Monday and needs the whole day to emotionally prepare, apparently. Did we already mention that the quarantine is like his fantasy world? He's very quarantine yeah. and hopes that this kind of thing remains, uh, you know, like a game night where you just, like, turn it on the TV. <laughs> and then Hell like, no. Bye. I mean, some things I'm sort of into, too. It's like, oh, great, rather than try- driving to Torrance, we can just Zoom with Sandy. Um, but Tim, uh, classic Tim, uh, usually, I think, finds ways to get out of things that we've planned to do with him. Uh, and Tim gets sick a lot. I think he actually gets sick a lot because he has a weak little constitution. But every <laughs> now and then, uh, I think, you know, maybe there's a bit of a put on. It's that thing where it's like, I don't feel well. I don't want to go to school. I don't feel well. I don't want to go to another improv show with Sandy, John, and Lindsay. <laughs> so uh, Sandy customized these classic Tim cards. Oh, my. I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull one random. I'm going to pull a couple at random so that the uh, audience can get to know Tim. Okay. Classic Tim has a swollen ankle. <laughs> Advance to Barona Avenue without him. Okay. So that one's got a whole story and maybe we'll do it quickly. But Sandy, what, what, what's about Tim and the ankle? Well, we were all supposed to go to San Diego to Comic-Con and then stay at a Indian casino where my mom is the Barona boss. That's and right. Hell yeah. The week prior, though, Tim went for a hike and, well, a little dog attacked him. <laughs> Bit through the sock and the shin guard and the skin. Oh and <laughs> he had to get a tetanus shot. And then and so suddenly... when it came time for San Diego, his, uh, his ankle got real crazy and he had to go home. It got real <laughs> crazy, a.k.a. he went to the one thing that he and his friend wanted to go to, the... Uh, Funko Pop <laughs> event and Tell was like, what you really think and was like, you know what? I don't need to be with these jokers for two more days. I'm out. Okay, I feel like I need to um re. I'm just gonna like pull three more classic Tim cards because they're so good. Go for it. Okay, <laughs> let's just read them all. <laughs> One, classic Tim is sick. Advance to the Cine family without him. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Cine family. Classic Tim got bit by a dog. Pay hospital fees of $100. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, oh, classic Tim 
hates Shake Shack. Go back five spaces. That bitch. Oh, that bitch. That bitch. He knows we love Shake Shack. Like, I know you guys are like in and out purists. You love in and out. Of course. We're from and here. You guys are outsiders. That's true. We are outsiders. Uh, so we love, loved Shake Shack. To me, it was like the best fast food burger I'd ever had. I thought the fries were better because t- I don't love the in and out fries. I know you do. But I feel like the thing about in and out is if you don't know the secret menu and how to specifically ask for them to cook it a certain way, it's not good. And I shouldn't have to ask the restaurant to really cook my fries for them to be good. Like, hey, why don't you put some cook on those and they'll, they'll be tasty. And that's uh, exactly how you order too. I want to double double a Coke and fries and put some cook on those. And they yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. Why don't you do me a favor and throw those raw strips of potato in the fryer for a minute before you put them in my bag and then they'll be hella good. Uh, but we had, we had pitched you guys Shake Shack and we were so excited to take you. And then this happens to us all the time when things we're excited about that we introduce you to <laughs> the Harry Potter series, Shake Shack, any TV show or movie that we love, and you John. both, John, yep, <laughs> and you both had negative reactions, and you both were like, we don't like it, and D- thus I have to go back five spaces if I pull that card. <laughs> I I will say that I do love their chicken sandwich. That is very good. Yeah, their I chicken sandwich it. is dope. Um, However, chicken nuggies not so good. Not as good, but the sandwich is great. Probably the best one I've had. I don't really compare it to Chick-fil-A because it's not the same kind of sandwich. But as far as like that type of sandwich that I've had, that's, I, I want to say probably the best one. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. It's pretty big. Like the Shake Shack chicken sandwich, I think is, I think it, I would choose that over a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I like that it's so crispy. Now, as far as <laughs> chicken sandwiches go, I'd rank <laughs> Chick-fil-A at the top. Shake Shack, uh, you know. I don't know if I would. I definitely wouldn't put a McChicken above that, but I'd have to really. Oh, you know what? A Wendy's chicken sandwich, easily my number two. I like mm. a spicy Wendy's chicken sandwich. Oh. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, but back to classic Tim. Uh, uh, what I Wendy's. love is that there are like thirty or so cards, each one individualized to something Tim literally has done to us by ditching <laughs> us, and they are all unique. It's not like you got like six of one type of card. They are all different, and Sandy personalized all of them. That was probably the most fun you had during this entire process, I would guess. <laughs> the board looks like a pretty normal board, except there's a Linsanity logo that Sandy custom created in the middle. But each property is something that we have all shared together and something that Lindsay specifically loves. And mostly things that we have done as Bring Party of Three. Meaning most of the board is restaurants. It's places we've eaten. I'm looking, especially right now during this quarantine, I'm feeling especially... That during this, when I when I get done with Monopoly in this quarantine, after you get a shot for that chlamydia, after I have a bowl of chlamydia and have a Monopoly and get through the quarantine, you better believe is on. <laughs> Look, I speak to one person and it's John, and honestly, there's nothing left to say. <laughs> At this point, we just poke each other with sticks. And we go on long drives, distance. and and sometimes we are silent for like twenty minutes at a time and that's very unusual for us because yeah. as you can tell by listening to this show that we like to talk 
And man, yeah, we will just be silent for a long time. It's like, have we exhausted everything to talk about? I haven't spoken in seven weeks. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm dusting my my vocabulary off, but I am including Monopoly. Some of the brilliant places you've chosen are some of our favorite eateries that we have gone together as Bring Party of Three. My eye just caught the red properties, um, which are right next to where free parking would be. But in the Linsanity version, you have that as free floats. (laughs) Free ice cream floats, which is great. The red properties are Jin Korean Barbecue. Closed. Actually, they're open for delivery. Ooh. Who gets gets delivery Korean barbecue? How does that work? I don't know. That's going to really dirty up the stove, I think. Yeah. Oh, do they deliver you meat? Yeah, so you can cook it at home, I guess. That's just called going to the fucking grocery store. That makes no sense. But they slice it for you. I guess. <laughs> Give me the sauces. I'd do it. The next red one is Boiling Crab. Mm. Another restaurant we love to go together. A place where it's it, you have to eat with your hands, so that's canceled. <laughs> like, it's basically, if you're from the South, it's like a low country boil where you choose whatever you want shrimp sausage corn and then you pick a sauce and then you are you're served the meal in a plastic bag that looks like a a actual trash bag a garbage bag that you then they took it out of the dumpster from behind (laughs) the applebee's it's heated up over the cement outside of a dumpster (laughs) it's plopped down on your table (laughs) and then you have to go at it like a dog in the streets and and this is before (laughs) quarantine do yeah, this is before quarantine, and you are encouraged to wear plastic gloves because it is such a mess, and you will stink like boiling crab for like a week if you don't wear the bib and the gloves. Very similar to this. This prepared me for the quarantine. <laughs> this is, uh, you go at the bag with your hands. You rip open the trash bag. You dig in. You start eating it. It sounds like actual trash. It's so good. You then have to ride home with the windows rolled down to like release the stench. And the beats turned up. The beats turned up, the windows down, and you are smelling fishy. You get inside your house, and much like what we now do after going to the grocery store, you strip naked, take all of your clothes off, put it in a washing machine, and wash it immediately, or else your entire home is going to smell like crab. And you take a silkwood shower because also it's it's seeped into your skin somehow after being at a restaurant for like an hour. It is such a process, but it's so good, and I love that, that it's a property. Is- John and Lindsay's version. Now What's the yours? version would be you go in, <laughs> order the whole shebang, medium, and you get a pound of shrimp, corn on the cob. Don't forget about the Coke. Cajun fries to start. Actually, the lemon pepper fries oh. became my new favorite the moment I tried <laughs> And I never looked back. And it's like huge pieces of salt and pepper in Ugh. with this mixture of seasoning that's also they're all like big pieces and it's not only covered in that all those big pieces fall to the bottom so i keep that basket i i slap the guy's hand and say don't take that it's not trash sure it's a that's piece a, of paper the trash is coming dipping yeah. sauce yeah <laughs> the trash is I coming keep... later that's our entree <laughs> exactly <laughs> so when the entree does come i pull the basket over that's empty because we ate all the fries and then I put the shrimp into a little like salt, pepper, lemon mix. That sounds pretty good. So you get your food and then you eat it and you could feel the garlic coming out of every single one of your pores. (laughs) And then you drive home with the windows up 
Oh! <laughs> yeah. So you can trap Back the smell? windows up. That's the way we like to fuck. So, <laughs> you drive home. <laughs> Are you telling us a story of how you lost your virginity? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it was a warm winter's eve. Is that a thing? <laughs> I guess it did. It's unseason. The weather was unseasonably warm. Merry Christmas! It was a warm winter's eve. We were all playing Merry Monopoly and quarantining. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Play ball. Um, so you drive home with the windows up. Jesus! So you can soak in the buttery goodness, the garlic, the lemon pepper. And then you get home, and, and then you, you just fuck. play Mario Kart, and you don't change, Ooh. and you make sure the whole house smells of oil and crab for weeks. And then when you go to work, and you go to get your purse out to go to lunch or for the end of the day, <laughs> of your drawer in your file cabinet, the aroma whoo, <laughs> up to the sky <laughs> for weeks, and you go, oh, that's... The boiling crab. You're baby. just lapping up the air, trying to get a little bit of that flavor. When I was younger, you probably don't know what that's like. I <laughs> it's been so long. Pedagogue to eat at every one of their locations. And How many locations are there? By George, seventy-seven hundred. No, um, <laughs> at that time, I think there were maybe like fifteen, and then they like slowly started opening more and more. Because I remember when I went to the one that's near UCLA, I went with Lindsay, and that was the last one that was on my list. That was, like, the final <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> but oh, then, and then they, they opened one in Honolulu, and I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, I'll be there. <laughs> if I must. <laughs> There's also a gen in Honolulu. I was like, well, that sounds like a day. So Perfect you've been time. to nearly every boiling crab yeah. in the there country. Yeah, there was a time when I went to all of them, and then they opened a couple more, and I was like, God damn it. Those <laughs> bastards. Well, hey, reason to travel. Reason to get out of the house one day. And next to boiling crab, nestled the final red space, nestled between boiling crab and gin Korean barbecue, is I think probably collectively all of our favorite restaurant. That is Din Tai Fung. Also known to us as DTF. <laughs> Which is, and we are all DTF. For <laughs> some DTF. Down to uh, for those that don't know, it is actually a one-star Michelin-rated dumpling restaurant, which I didn't realize because I hear the term Michelin star and I think, cha-ching, I think I'm going to have to travel around that Monopoly board a few hundred <laughs> times if I'm going to be able to afford this Michelin star restaurant. But it's actually like very affordable, for, especially for the quality of what you get. I know me, you, and John have taken down an immeasurable amount of food and then you get the bill and you're like $25 great I thought I was gonna have to take out another credit card <laughs> I had 80 dumplings side note I did go there alone once <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I was having a real rough day <laughs> this is a place that's meant for multiple people because there, it, you can't really order things individually it's like have an order of soup dumplings 10 come in the order <laughs> did you just sit at the bar what did you no, like I, that lonely lady at I the end of the bar I table actually I went to the hostess and they were like oh did you want a table i'm like yeah just for one and can you do me a favor and put me in the back somewhere <laughs> so <laughs> the window wow i told them uh you know i'm playing hooky from work i don't need to get caught but that's not true um so 
<laughs> you had already worked a full day. I just didn't want judgment. I just wanted to be alone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My, I think one of my favorite Sandy moments of our friendship is our uh, Dentai Fung moment where me, you, and John, we went to Dentai Fung. We ordered so much food. And then we, John and I said, oh, God, I guess we should ask for the bill. And Sandy took a breath and said, I got something I need to tell you. And John and I... And my heart sank. I was like, oh, God, is Sandy moving? Are she and Tim breaking up? Like, some. it was like, I got to tell you guys something. It was like, oh, did we, like, piss you off? Did we, like, slight you in some way? Is Tim really sick this time? Yeah, yeah. Like, is Tim not going to get better? Do you have better? cancer? What's happening? Did Tim get bit by another dog? <laughs> but what did you say, Sandy, when you said, I got to tell you guys something? So I said, guys... I've got something to tell you. I'm going to order another pork bun. (laughs) (laughs) So let's carry on with this board. There's a lot to cover. Uh, there's a, I'll do kind of a speed round. Obviously, it's a lot of eateries. <laughs> so uh, I feel like Jin, Dentai Fung, and Boiling Crab is very specific to the three of us in our friendship. The Boardwalk and Park Place is important to mention. Uh, Boardwalk is Aloha Pizza, the most important property on the board. And that is our favorite pizza place, which happens to be in Torrance. It's delicious. And then Park Place is a sore subject for me. It is Dobby Place. Oh, and how wonderful. That, that is Harry Potter character. Sandy likes to um, hate the things we love and love the things we hate. And uh, that's because she's a bitch. <laughs> love the um, one you with. <laughs> keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I begged Sandy. Sandy had never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. I begged her to watch them. There are eight of them. That's a lot. So I offered. Like 14. Jesus Christ. It's like you introduce someone to the magic of Harry Potter. I offered to drive to Torrance, which is far, every day when I was last off work on a hiatus between jobs. <laughs> and we watched a Harry Potter movie every day. And at the completion of the eighth movie, I asked, so what'd you think? And she said, mm, Dobby's pretty cool. The only thing she liked about eight movies was Dobby, which is the most hated That's character in the, all of Harry Potter. Literally the worst traveling. part. Well, I mean, Prisoner of Azkaban, yes. That was that was a dope pretty great. movie. Uh, but Dobby, a character that Lindsay and I hate, and uh, in fact, when we saw the seventh movie, spoiler alert for the Harry Potter films, when Dobby dies at the end, even though everybody in the theater was like crying and sad, I clapped when I realized that he was dead. We cheered. We're like, oh, woohoo, motherfucker. However, however, I will say, maybe I'm just getting soft in my uh, advanced years. A separate time from the time that she went and watched them with Sandy, Lindsay and I also watched all seven movies. <laughs> And we're probably going to, or eight movies, sorry. Seven books. Yeah. When Dobby died, I I did, you know, I felt a little something. I felt bad for the guy, but still, fuck Dobby. I hate him. Kill him. Uh, So that's Boardwalk and Park Place. I must (laughs) mention that instead of a regular tax, there's a bitch tax (laughs) where if you land on it, I guess because I'm such a bitch, you got to pay 10% or $200. Um, There are four railroads, obviously. The first is Hulkster, which is John's preferred character when we play Mario Kart. Mario Kart. And obviously, he looks like Hulk Hogan. The other is Mooney Railroad, which is Sandy's nickname and her uh, character name for all of her video games. Where does Mooney come from, Sandy? Uh, it's funny you should ask as we do the Monopoly episode because it's uh, it's what my grandma would call me. That's sweet. Why did she call you Mooney? I couldn't pronounce my last name and it came out Mooney, I guess. I uh, don't remember, but uh, she'd always call me Sandra the Mooney or Sandy the Mooney. 
and then ultimately that's just where it came from. So she I mean, didn't call me that even even uh, when I was older and stuff. I'd send her a card or something. I'd sign it Mooney. That's yeah, really that's sweet. Adorable. And we, Essence, uh, now call you Mooney almost exclusively. <laughs> Mooney's on. Mooney's coming over. Yeah, We're heading yeah. to Mooney's. That's like uh, when I was growing up, my cousin Samantha, uh, I couldn't. Samantha was just too many syllables for my child mind to handle, apparently. And so I, for whatever reason, called her Babine. <laughs> which I still don't know what where that came from. There is no part of that that sounds like Samantha. Her brother, uh, my cousin, he called her Mata, and then my brother called her Mifa. So we each had a different name because none of us could say Samantha, but Babine, that's just either that's Babine. the most creative version or just the dumbest version. I don't know. But similarly, I still, if I text her, I'll call her Babine. I have one for you. I had an uncle, John who I called Biff. <laughs> Why? Like Biff Tannen from I, Back to the Future? I think so. John is very easy to say. I would like to think that I could pronounce it. But yeah, I exclusively called him Biff, and I think it's because as I, you know, Back to the Future was always on, I think I clung to that character Biff uh, and just thought like, oh man, he's a Biff. Which is weird because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, your Uncle John was like the nicest, most pleasant person. I've I know. Ever he wasn't a bully. He just, uh, you know, I think maybe uh, that was the character that I did with as a child, uh, that bully rapist, Biff. Yeah. Uh, and so I get it. Uh, so what else we got here? Okay, I'm going to do a chance, chance, chance. I'm going to do a speed round of Monopoly board <laughs> so everyone knows what we're working with. The next space uh, would be a trio of chain restaurants. Hell yeah. That we all love. And those are Red Lobster. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Olive Garden and Applebee's. Oh, man. I was going to say a trifecta of bread because you got Cheddar Bay Biscuits uh-huh. and you got them breadsticks. But Applebee's, not known for their bread. Not and known for anything, really. They are known for something. And that is their maple butter blondie. Oh, well, yeah. And all, all you have to do is look no further than here's why it's great to find out why <laughs> Applebee's is great and really why that maple butter blondie is the best thing ever. Uh, the next section is a trio of cinemas, all that I'm missing very much right now uh, since we cannot go to the movies. And that's something we all love to do. All right, let's do one last. And uh, because this is all very food related, it's our favorite ice creameries. And it brings mm-hmm. it all back to you receiving five pints of the same ice cream. Five uh, of them. Five bites, and which ten five can have none? Five golden pints. <laughs> five golden pints and four pints and also three pints. It was uh, a warm winter's morning when you <laughs> lost your virginity and got your ice cream. It was a warm winter's day where I got five pints of the same flavor of ice cream. So now I will take the thing that I love and you'll make me hate it. Um, so Dear the, journal. <laughs> last but not least, you have a trio of ice creameries here. First, obviously, salt and straw. They make pots of gold ice cream every March. Magpies, which is my favorite oh. soft servery. And then the last ice creamery you put here is Contra Creamery, which is an ice cream shop in Torrance that we have frequented and loved. Bra, bra. And that's one sanity I'm exhausted. open for pints. Quite a board. I mean, like, geez, like, that thing is incredible. It goes to show that, like, if you put enough heart and thought into it, like, you could make a this board, this structure. Yeah. A little, you could, uh, uh, oh, What is, is that? Like is that a handsome song? song? It is. God. Oh, it is. God. And speaking of which, listeners, you should really check out John's Instagram because, or I guess the uh, 
here's, here's why it's great uh, mm-hmm. Instagram and you'll see a photo of me laying down next to the world's largest monopoly board in oh, San shit. Jose California and I happen to be wearing a shirt that says give a little heart and soul Just, oh good what's good, that from good segue <laughs> so, so hey, yeah, that actually brings up a good point. So obviously, like you went to like a life-sized Monopoly board, which is incredible. You said in San Jose. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen the picture. You're like laying in the, get this, the cop spot because of your affinity for the police <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, so that was obviously really cool. And that kind of represents like the uh, cultural ubiquity of this property. But speaking about that, I mean, if you've got, like, a giant life-size board that you can just go visit any day of the week, and in fact, that'd be a cool thing to visit now because it's probably one of the few things that's not closed as it's outdoors. Um, But not only do you have that, but this game translates into so many different mediums and versions. Like, we have, obviously, the board game and all of its many iterations, but you also have, like, video games. You have slot machines. You have arcade games. I, I mean, like, this thing is everything. Like, uh, do you guys, have you played the Dave and Buster's version? No, I, I don't played think... the Nintendo Switch version, and that thing was a doozy. Yeah, that was not as fun as playing the board game. Yeah. No. Well, that was at the very beginning of quarantine where we downloaded it on Switch and sat on the phone. And unfortunately, only one person can play per console, so we could only play with three people. Uh, you think it's long when you're in person it's twice as long when you have to wait for the video game to show the graphics doing every little thing holy shit and then Um, you have to auction off the the property and basically what will happen is like you can just bid ten dollars and then you go back and forth ten more dollars ten more dollars when it's worth four hundred like that just (laughs) takes forever so then Lindsay and i just started bidding like a hundred dollars at a time and then (laughs) and then i just like back out of the bid right away and make her accidentally pay for for it for like eight hundred dollars (laughs) <laughs> in true Monopoly fashion and tradition, uh, we did not even finish the game on a video game <laughs> yeah. console. We yep. quit. Um, but speaking of the video games and like the Dave and Buster's version, which I'm a big fan of, I'll post pictures every time I go. I always make Lindsay take a picture of me sitting uh, in the seat because I've been planning this episode for a while because there's just so much to talk about. But I love that version. But you know what I love is the slot machines in Vegas. <laughs> Those shits are fun. Well, that's because you're a gambling Oh, don't make the noise. It'll make me salivate. Like, uh, even when I play, like, you know, the Flash game, like My Vegas or something like that, uh, just the sound effects make me, like, it activates Hard. something in my brain. But, uh, yeah, they've got these, they've got all sorts of different versions in Vegas. Uh, they have, like, a giant one with a huge screen. Um, that one's always busy. It's always right next to the door, and it's always, like, there's a line waiting to get on it. Um, there's also smaller versions and even like going back to like the lever version of slot machines, you can get it all. You can do it all in, in, uh, Las Vegas with that monopoly. And what a perfect thing to translate into that form, right? Is, uh, it's all about that money, son. Hell it's all yeah. about the Benjamins. I think I've heard. I remember playing like super Nintendo monopoly back in the day. Uh, obviously we were playing that on the switch, also, this thing translates into other mediums, such as a song that Lindsay brought up today, right before we started recording. <laughs> Remember the band Chumbawamba? They got knocked down, um, oh, yeah, they got, but up, they got again. up again. Yeah. yeah. You're never going to keep it, them down. Yeah. They take well, guess what, time. guys? They did another song, if you can believe what? it. And what was it called, Lindsay? It was called... I Get Knocked Up. <laughs> uh, it was called... Again. I get knocked up, but I get up again. You're never going to knock me up. Uh, It was called Do Not Pass Go. 
And, you know, it's a bop. It's kind of a bop. It's it's pretty good. Oh. And so you got that. There was, oh, there's a, supposed to be a, I don't think it actually got opened yet, but a hotel in Malaysia called the Monopoly Mansion, which oh. I think that, like, with a game that literally has hotels as part of the game, it seems like a bit of a missed opportunity. Why would you call it a mansion? But it's all Monopoly themed. And I'm like, I'd never had a reason to go to Malaysia before. But once that opens, you bet your ass I'm going. There's never been a better time to travel overseas. <laughs> yes. It's canceled now. But one thing, speaking of canceled, uh, there's actually a couple of things. One, Lindsay, uh, you had a former person that you worked with, a writer, who was going to try to translate this to the stage. Oh, yeah, this uh, Monopoly, I feel like, can take on many uh, mediums. Uh, And one, why not the arts and entertainment? A writer uh, who is wonderful, who I love, uh, was actually developing this premise uh, for the Broadway. Uh, Broadway? And and it's kind of perfect, right? Making it a musical. When you think about it, I think what he had uh, told us was... A boy from Baltic Avenue meets a girl from Park Place. And it's like, that's all you need for a classic Broadway <laughs> musical. Throw in some songs and you got me. That's like perfect. I mean, it's that would be excellent. I would definitely, I would roll my eyes at it and be like, oh, why are they making Your a Monopoly musical? My, <laughs> yes. Snake eyes. And then I would get doubles and then I'd get out of jail for free. Or if I rolled, if I rolled my eyes and rolled doubles three times, I would go to jail. I don't know why one would get you out and then the other one would put you in jail. But hey. Those are the weird rules of Monopoly, brother. But in addition to this uh, unfinished uh, Broadway show, which may come out, and like I said, I would roll my eyes at it, and then like it would win all the Tonys, and then I'd go to see it, and it'd be incredible. Like Apparently, the SpongeBob musical is incredible. Yeah, I do, I, when theater is no longer canceled, I really want to see the SpongeBob musical. Yeah, but in addition to that, there was also in development for a long time a movie version of Monopoly that was picture? um uh that was supposed to be directed by Ridley Scott of all people whoa if Ridley Scott is directing because when you say a motion picture I think well that makes sense like clue you know like I can totally see sort of a, a comedy a rom-com version of Monopoly like an 80s or maybe a 90s pick but I don't see Ridley Scott attached like an action you. adventure yeah I know it's, it's such jail. a it's such a weird mix because he's got such a sort of like dour presentation. Like his, mm. his movies aren't really like bright and what I would call fun usually. <laughs> uh, he's a great filmmaker, but, you know, just uh, not a fun not a fun ride at the movies. But thinking about that and thinking about like what that could have been, I was like, what kind of movie would I want to do? Or what kind of movies would <laughs> we want to produce for Monopoly? <laughs> so I, I'll send it to you first, Sandy. Like, if you could make a Monopoly movie, just, you know, what's, there, what's your elevator pitch for a Monopoly movie? In a world taken over by criminals. <laughs> I'm liking <laughs> where this is going. of the sheriff in town, he's got to get everyone into jail who's breaking the law and stealing the free parking money. Because <laughs> that's for the banks. America, <laughs> baby. That's good. That's, that, good. that's very you. little. Like, nobody buys property in that, but I like the premise. And it does. <laughs> that definitely does feel like a Sandy the Mooney, Sandy Murray original. Yeah, like a cop centric. Yeah, it's cop centric. It's from the POV of the sheriff in town who wants to make sure all the taxes get paid and the money goes back <laughs> to the banks and the government. Yeah. That's, so that's good. That's very Torrance of you. Yeah. The title yeah. is Do Not Pass Go. Cool. And then we use the Chumbawamba in the trailer. Um, oh, hell yeah. That's in good. In the music video. Oh, man. That's going to be tight. Got MC Hammer in some. Yeah. Get him to do like a. Pants. Yeah. Get him to do like a tie in rap song. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. 
Lindsay, what would be your version of a Monopoly movie? Okay, I have mine. It's horror, for sure. Uh, Starring Octavia Spencer as the character Ma. If Marvin's Garden is the sequel to Marvin's Room, then Monopoly (laughs) is the the sequel to Ma. And essentially, the board is like a fucked up Jumanji meets Saw. Where everything Jumanji. you land on, it's Jamanji. <laughs> so it's basically like a torture scenario, like a torture porn horror movie, where oh. every space that you land on, you have to survive something horrible and get across the board and make it uh, around, uh, make it and collect your two hundred dollars so that you can go off and start a new life. <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> wow. God, and I should have gone. Rolling before. the dice. He's like, don't make me roll alone. Don't make me roll alone. Don't make me roll alone. But it's like slow motion dice. You're thinking of the trailer. See, this is why you're in marketing. You're you're really thinking like good shit. Yeah, you're advertising it already. Monopoly. I would see that right now. And if you haven't seen Ma, it was maybe my favorite movie of last year. It was incredible. (laughs) Ma was pretty great. I wish I would have gone before you because that's definitely an excellent, excellent pitch. But I'm thinking, uh, maybe I'm going to go a more traditional route, um, but I'm kind of thinking of, like, what are the characters? Like, what are we going to dig into here? Like, you can't really dig into Baltic Avenue. Who are we telling the story about? And I think of the Monopoly Man. Oh. Who we haven't even talked about yet. the Monopoly guy. Who, obviously, you know, he's got the mustache, he's got the top hat. Despite what most people think, he does not have the monocle. Who is this guy? Let's dig into him a little bit. And honestly, I did like the tiniest bit of digging about this character. And oh my God, there's so much there. It's so fun and so stupid. All right. Did you guys know that his original name was Rich Uncle Pennybags? Yeah, everybody knows he's Rich Uncle Pennybags. Oh, obviously. Uh, Mr. Monopoly's full name is Milburn Pennybags. Milburn, Milburn Pennybags. And he has uh, a wife named Madge Pennybags. Madge. And he has... Madgeopoly. I guess he doesn't have any children, so he must just, you know, be... Uh, he must so be wealthy. sterile. And uh, <laughs> But he does have nephews and nieces called Andy, Randy, and get this, Sandy. Sandy! Oh. Are you one of uh, Milburn Pennybags' nephews? Yeah. <laughs> you wish. You wish. The and I also... I mean, look at, yeah, like, I imagine him, yeah, definitely diving into some money. Uh, he, three nephews or niece and nephews? Yeah. Andy, Sandy, wrong? and Randy. Shit. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, you know. was based on? <laughs> what? No, not at all. <laughs> 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 but for your movie, you <laughs> something I discovered is, you know the jailbird guy that's in jail and the cop actually have names? Yeah. Apparently, because there, t- <laughs> there was a tie-in novel. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, please do tell me what was the uh, officer's name? Officer one was Cher, and Officer two was If. That's correct. <laughs> nope, that is incorrect. Yep. It's Officer Mallory and Jake the Jailbird. So those are the characters in your movie. Officer Mallory is obviously the guy hunting down all those tax evaders <laughs> and, and the thrilling uh, do not pass go. But Rich Uncle Pennybags, I mean, like, let's dig into that character. Let's do a an immigrant's tale of him coming over to America, going to Ellis Island. And they're like, what's your name? And he's like, Rich Uncle Pennybags. And they're like, mm, they didn't quite understand him. Like, this happened a lot and uh, where names are shortened or changed to help translate it to the Anglified American world. And they're like, you know what? We're going to call you Monopoly. 
much like in like in Solo, a Star Wars story where Han Solo goes up and doesn't have a name. It'll be just as cringeworthy of a scene when, in my version. But a young Ansel Elgort will play uh, Milburn Pennybags coming over to the United States. He'll meet a young girl played by Samara Weaving. They're from different worlds. She's poor. He's poor. But then he becomes rich. And then he starts driving people out of their poor neighborhood. And that causes a conflict. And then eventually, Rich Uncle Pennybags... He learns the lesson. What that lesson is, is that being rich isn't all there is. There's also family. There's also being poor. <laughs> There's also being poor. And he eventually gives all of his properties, all of his houses and hotels, back to the poor neighborhoods. To the government. Yep, when he dies. <laughs> the true heroes. <laughs> yes. So, I, for one, am excited to see that version of the movie because it has been a long time coming for a straight white male portrayed <laughs> in such a way to show his his successful journey into billionaire ship mm-hmm. um i can't wait i just I agree I've, yeah we we honestly just haven't had enough straight white protagonists in not who movies. are the hero of the story yeah who Mm-mm. go from rags to riches not not who end up as billionaires it's Talk just a story the that true underdog story, and it's a story that like we haven't seen in real life either of no. of, a, of an old white man hoarding all of the wealth. So yeah, it's going to be really groundbreaking. I think. Yeah, I straight white up. male lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> all great movie pitches. I think are all going to make you know a billion dollars at the box office. And real quick, I'm just gonna let's start to wrap things up. I just want to just bring up. Uh, a couple of things that I have to talk about, which is the recent hit show on HBO, McMillions. <gasps> oh, yeah. Which we haven't finished yet, but it's so compelling. It's all about something that we have been obsessed with in the past, which is the McDonald's Monopoly contest. It used to happen every year, where this guy obviously swindled it, much like uh, Lindsay was doing to her best friend Jonathan in, in that game. Have you ever played any of the Monopoly games, like with Vaughn's grocery yeah, stores yeah. or with McDonald's, Sandy? Like uh, Albertsons does it. I've never won anything outside of just like more tickets. Yeah, same. I, I always won stuff where we would like look ahead and be like, what gives you the most Monopoly tickets? And let's get that thing, <laughs> even though we don't want it. So, like, I remember one year uh, you'd get, like, double the Monopoly tickets at McDonald's if you would just get the hash browns. Yeah. So we'd go, we'd go and we'd be like, let's just get, like, four hash browns a piece. That's, like, eight t- – that's going to be, like, 16 tickets. We're totally going to win something. And then we went through all of them, nothing, nothing, nothing. And the last ticket was a winner, and it was for a free hash brown. (laughs) (laughs) What always drives me nuts about those competitions, and I used to play the Vons one, which is very expansive and has, like, a hundred different things you can collect for the tickets. I will always get, like, a boardwalk. Like, obviously, Boardwalk and Park Place are Mm -hmm. usually the top prize, like a million dollars. You get a boardwalk. Park Place. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Dobby Place and Aloha Pizza. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but you'll get a boardwalk or a park place, and you're like, shit, I got to keep playing because I'm halfway to a million dollars, essentially. I got $500,000 in the bank. Living on a prayer. And then guess what? You never fucking get it because these games. Like, I've played the Vons one, and I've never won a goddamn thing. You never get it unless you got a hookup with the mob who have ties to oh. security with McDonald's Corporation. (laughs) And then you can win the million dollars if you put it under a different name. Oh, Oh. yeah. Why didn't I just think of that? 
God, that was right in front of my face. Jesus Hashtag Christ. Hashtag McMillions. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, as we're wrapping things up, I'd like to point something out that I actually forgot about until I was looking up different versions of the Monopoly game. I, When I was 16, I worked at Best Buy for like a year and a half when I was in high school. And did you know that there is not only a Best Buy version of Monopoly, but what? they I got one for, I want to say, like, employee of the month or something. I always got, like, a crazy amount of awards. Like, I, I made gonna... more money than people who worked there, like, since the store opened. And I was like, okay, I'm just a kid. <laughs> Did you work off of commissions or something? No. That's, like, Best Buy's whole thing is they don't make commission. But then there was, like, at the time, internet was, like, dial up. And <laughs> yeah. DSL wasn't really, like, a thing. It was so expensive and very, it would be very rare for you to find someone who had that. And I just worked in the DVD section and stuff because, you know, I just wanted to work there. It was close to my house. I could skateboard there. (laughs) And they had this thing where, like, you sell, like, a certain amount of months of internet. And then you get a discount off of your bill, like, right then and there, not a mail-in rebate kind of thing. And I sold so many of those things that they promoted me to, like, my (laughs) own position that had never existed before where all I did was sell those things to people who were buying Oh, wow. Ooh. Are you secretly like the CEO of Best Buy right now? Yeah. And we just haven't known it all this time? <laughs> now is um, not a good time for you. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I was always getting like special prizes or whatever. And one of the things I got was a Monopoly, a Best Buy edition Monopoly. And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> but who's going to play Monopoly with me? Especially yeah. Best Buy one. So just sat in a closet for years. And then at one point, I ended up selling it on eBay for like $100. Wow. Really? Did you yeah. ever play the Best Buy themed Monopoly? No, I don't think it was even open. I would like, like to I know what the squares were. Box. Yeah, um, I want to know. Well, I, like... have the, I have a photo that I could actually take Just a look-see. What was Boardwalk and Park Place? That's all I'm really uh, interested in. Let's see. Is it like a CD tower and the refrigerator section? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phone chargers. I looked it up on, on eBay today to see um, like how much it's going for. It's only going for like 50 bucks or something. So I uh, made a killing because that was like at least 10 years ago. They sold it for like $100. Yeah, what or what maniac spends $100 to buy a Best Buy themed Monopoly board? <laughs> Do you think that that same one you looked at on eBay is actually just your copy that's, <laughs> that's working its way? Still unopened. In circulation. It's that it, same one. It's like it the videotape actually, in the uh, ring. They have a lot of them. I imagine a lot of people, a lot of uh, different employees got that uh, and were like, let me sell this. Every one of those employees were like, they created a position for me. I was so good. (laughs) So what was the boardwalk and park place? Let's see. Um, And I think it was specifically made for um, like employees. Like I don't think... This was a thing you find in stores or that people who were not employees at any point would would know what it what it was. If you can't find it, you can't see it. Let's just guess what it was. Lindsay's got hers. CD tower. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, like wireless routers. Oh, good one. CD towers. Let's see. I uh, and appliance appliances. I think appliances are for sure are the boardwalk of Best Buy because when we would walk around to Best Buy, it's like, oh, let me look at the DVDs and stuff, but really, I want to see how much the refrigerator is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, definitely one of the spaces is ink cartridges. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. That's definitely on there. For sure. (laughs) What do you think would be your, in your personal preference, having worked there, having made a lot of money for Best Buy, what would be your personal preference 
for Boardwalk and Park Place for your experience at Best Buy? Um, internet packages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe like the employee break room. <laughs> Great. Oh my God. So your favorite, uh, much like your favorite part, <laughs> the thing you miss the most about working for your current company is when you would leave your company to take walks to get out of the office and drink boba. Yeah. And the part, the section of Best Buy that was the most important to you, the most special, was the break room. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a picture. It looks like, oh, Boardwalk is the manager's bridge, which is this dumb little, like, kiosk, basically, that's, like, behind customer service, where the managers would make the... Schedule, schedule of yeah. hours. That's um, boardwalk, the most coveted that sounds, spot. Yeah. That sounds dumb as fuck. And then Park Place is hub. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's like the computer repair place. This sounds like way too inside baseball. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, disappointed. It's definitely for employees. Like, it, I mean, they've got the Best Buy mascot as one of the, it looks like that's Chance or Community Chest. The Best Buy has a mascot? <laughs> Are we talking about the little ticket that says Best Buy? It's funny you call it a ticket because that was the ticket. The uh, job of the Best Buy mascot is something you had to try out for around Christmas time. And you got paid $12 an hour to be in that costume, sweating your balls off, like waving to people at the front of the store and shit. And at that time, I was like, I already make like $11 an hour and I don't have to be that fucking piece of shit. I don't know, man. I've done more for less. Uh, as we established, and, uh, Lindsay, uh, in the last episode, Lindsay made $12 an hour doing goofy improv games with dumb uh, theme park guests. That's so fun, that's, that's how a- I described it. <laughs> <laughs> I made $12 an hour doing dumb, goofy shit for stupid theme park guests. Speaking of mascots, though, I just want to wrap it up with just like the, the last few things that we love about it. Obviously, again, Mr. Monopoly, such an icon. Uh, definitely... People have used him to symbolize, uh, you know, the upper class and like dress like him to go to Congress and sit in the background is like if you're watching MSNBC and it'll cut to the shot of the person <laughs> testifying or whatever. And then you got a Mr. Monopoly back in the background just like chilling uh, with his top hat and his mustache. It's hilarious and a very uh, elegant way of expressing their displeasure towards them. Gotta love. Uh, we barely touched on the Monopoly like tokens. Sandy, what's your favorite token? I always chose the race car. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Like that was always speed mine. around the trick. Hell <laughs> and that's yeah. how I would go, too. If it's like roll 11, I'm like. Yeah, you got to make the sound effects. <laughs> Lindsay, how about you? What's your favorite well, token? Now my favorite token is obviously the kitty cat. Oh, yeah. There's a kitty cat token. So that's and then my memory. I, I always chose the thimble. I think it's because that, you know what I think it was? I feel like that's actually. Peter Pan. The, Peter Pan. It's actually like the worst piece, I think, in classic Monopoly. It's like a thimble. But I would beg people to play with me. And in exchange, I would let them pick the pieces first that they <laughs> right. wanted. So I was You'd left end up with a thimble. thimble. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that harkens back to uh, uh, as far as like, here's why it's great and why we love it. I think the thing I love about Monopoly is what people hate about it, which is it's time consuming. Which is everything. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I didn't grow up in a family where we played games, but I definitely played games with my friends. And Monopoly to me signifies, like, sitting down with your friends, people you love, 
and being trapped together for hours <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and knowing that they truly love you because they're willing to do this for you. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's Monopoly to me. That's really uh, how Linsanity is played as well because we played it once when I gave it to you, but we also played it at your place when your friend Johnny was visiting and he was so tired and he obviously was jet lagged. He's from New York, so he was three hours ahead. It was already late, but we forced him into that seat and he had to play it and he just sat there tolerating it. <laughs> and that is Monopoly. That's and Monopoly, baby. That is how I know he loves me. <laughs> it's a test of love. That sounds like pretty good uh, final thoughts for Lindsay. Sandy, any final thoughts for yourself? I think I like making money and I like putting others into debt because really that's the American way. Yeah. That's true. To speak for Sandy, <laughs> I think Sandy something that's been a little revelatory for me as your friend. And uh, I didn't realize that your introduction to Monopoly was with your grandmother. I know it was very near and dear to your heart. And uh, every time you play this game, uh, you think of her and your childhood and those fond memories. So if yeah, I, I mean, were to... If I won, she wouldn't call me an asshole like my uncle. <laughs> and that's you know that's uh those are those fond family memories <laughs> uh but it sounds to me like monopoly reminds you of uh happy simpler times in hawaii playing monopoly with your grandmother yeah for sure which doesn't sound bad i i mean i'm with you guys like monopoly reminds me of a simpler time when i was younger playing with my best friend and my cousin and, you know, playing for hours and eventually devolving into chaos and uh, Darren ate the Monopoly money and, and, you know, my cousin and I still tell that story to this day about him losing his mind and, um, (laughs) you know, obviously I have like, I say I talk shit about Monopoly, but I do love Monopoly. It's just like such a part of our culture as a people, I feel like, as a, a part of American culture, probably the culture of the world at large, like, it's just like seeped into our bones as we established our last episode. We traveled to Europe at the end of last year, which is probably where I picked up coronavirus. P.S. Everybody, <laughs> I have coro- I didn't. I. You don't have Corona. I had it. You had it. You. I tested for the antibody. It was positive. So who knows when I got it? So hopefully you haven't been around me. But uh, <laughs> but maybe we, it was uh, in Europe. Maybe it was on the plane ride. Maybe it was at Disneyland, one of the 78 times you went last year. Maybe it was at Benihana, the packed restaurant we all went to before quarantine. Maybe it was when I came back from New York. Maybe it was one of the 15 escape rooms uh, the three of us did together uh, the week before quarantine. Yeah, we had, a, we had a big week right beforehand. Maybe it's when you came to my house for a party just days after I was in Seattle, the epicenter. Maybe. <laughs> you know, so Your that, fault. So that's Her all, fault. My that's bad. all fun stuff. So the point I was making, though, is that we went to a foreign country, and obviously all their money is, is different colors. And what did I call it? I called it Monopoly money. I think Mr. Monopoly... <laughs> Now that's uh, American. Yeah, called it Monopoly. <laughs> Canadian money also looks like Monopoly. Canadian money is some of the coolest money. But yeah, if you go anywhere, you feel like, oh, that's Monopoly money. Again, Mr. Monopoly is such an icon for wealth uh, that like, I feel like that's really the shorthand. Like, oh, Mr. Monopoly over here is like saying Daddy Warbucks or something. And yeah, I just feel like it seeped into the culture and seeped into my DNA at this point. Like, I feel like Monopoly is a part of all of us. And it's something right, that we've DNA. all shared. All, something we've all loved at some point and uh, something that's all brought us together to wrap it up with Lindsay's point. Like it is something that maybe for a long time in some cases, like the longest game of Monopoly was 70 days long. Wow. Um, can't say that I've gone that long, but 
you know, Close. it does bring people together. <laughs> it's fun. You know, sometimes it ends with a fight, but... Um, but ultimately, it's just like this quarantine. We're all in a- this together. Exactly. That's nice. And um, for <laughs> listeners, John, they may uh, see that this is a two-hour podcast, but what they don't know is it's just a fraction of the time that it takes us to play a game <laughs> of Monopoly. But what do you folks think? Should Monopoly pass go and collect $200, or should it go directly to jail? Let us know. How can you let us know? You can send us an email at hwigpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash hwigpodcast, or you could hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at hwigpodcast. Oh, boy, what an episode. Uh, Sandy, Lindsay, thank you for joining me. Sandy, do you have anything to plug? She already plugged the HWIG podcast Instagram. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that, but anything like else you'd like to plug? i plug the uh, Here's Why It's Great Hanson podcast that I was also <laughs> appearing on. Um, <laughs> while I'm at it, I might as well do the uh, Barona Resort and Casino um, near San Diego. They're closed right now due to COVID, but hopefully they'll reopen soon. Aloha Pizza in Gardena, California. If you're going to go there, please get half an Ikaika, half an Iolani. They'll know what it means. You can also get a full pepperoni with Lihimoy pineapple on top. They'll also know what that means. Um, of course, <laughs> I'm going to plug uh, the Torrance Police Department. Right. Um, of course. The boys in blue? The boys in blue. Uh, blue lives matter, guys. Um, I'd also like to plug Torrance Cares, which is a great program that the city is offering where they deliver groceries and COVID tests straight to the doors of elderly folks. Um, anything you guys want to plug? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I'd like to plug uh, Shake Shack, the best burger joint in all of uh, the world. And then is that secondly, at the Little League baseball stadiums? <laughs> and then secondly, I would like to plug going to In-N-Out and getting your fries actually cooked. When you ask for them to be cooked, they throw are particularly... Throw a little cook on them. If you ask them to throw some cook on them, if you secretly know to ask them to cook your food, then it can be pretty good. <laughs> I would like to plug puzzles. That's it. Just puzzles. puzzles. Do them. They're fun. But uh, thank you so much, Sandy, for joining us. Uh, Lindsay, as always, a pleasure. I will see you every day for the first time. <laughs> for the foreseeable future until the end of time. But until that time comes, I'm John Bring. I'm Lindsay waiting on my antibodies testing results, Bring. And I'm Sandy. Torrance PD matters, guys. Murray, (laughs) Bring. And here's why it's great. (laughs) 